0: Future. This is UBC Minetti as always from Interview IA. And today I'm joined by David Noor, and he goes by Noor because to his point, there's a lot of Davids out there. So, uh, first of all, welcome, Noor. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. You'd be good to be with you. Awesome. Awesome. It's great to have you. And I, something new that we're going to do that you now I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with this for every guest, but how would you describe what you do, who you are? To the audience?
1: Uh, Very kind of you to ask. So a quick personal background. I'm originally from Iran, came to the U.S. in 1981 with a suitcase, 100 bucks, didn't know anybody, didn't speak a word of English. I've been blessed. Uh, I'm I'm the poster child for the the American dream. Uh, uh, Finished high school here, undergrad here, graduate school here. Uh, My career has really been in three phases. Phase one was all technology sales. So Silicon Graphics, IBM, Business Objects, sales management. Then I went to consulting route. I was president of a company and I spent six years at a private equity firm and we bought and sold 110 different companies. And uh, crazier to believe, 19 years ago, I went on my own and that's phase three. And I've been blessed to write 11 books and I advise uh, senior leaders. I do a lot of executive coaching. I speak pre-pandemic 50, 60 times a year. And the last part of what I do is executive education. So I take uh, leadership teams out of their offices, out of their comfort zones, and really immerse them in something we call learning sprints. But it's all around my topics around strategic relationships. I love that. And and we're
0: going to hone in on on the relationships, but also the leadership part of, of that training, because I think it's super important for this post pandemic world that we find ourselves in. Right. Um, but first I want to, I, I, I'd love to learn more about the difference in cultures between Iran and here. And, and what, what did you learn? What did you see when you first came here?
1: No question. So, uh, let me, let me, let me focus the the conversation around business relationships and, and you be, uh, I've, I've worked abroad, I've lived abroad, uh, Many other parts of the world builds relationships first, from which they do business. Mm-hmm. And this is a really bad example. But in Arabic, bin, like Osama bin Laden, bin actually means son of. So your genealogy, mm. your where you, you know, your parents and your your family lineage means a lot more than any product or service. And and they lead with the relationship part first. And from there, once I get to know you and trust you and like you, then we'll do business together. Unfortunately, in the States or many Western cultures, we're so focused on the business part that if and only if the business part works, we'll think about their family. We'll talk about their vacations. We'll get to know them personally, hence the disconnect when we go into places and people don't look like us sound like us or come from our backgrounds. So I'm a huge proponent of if you, and and this is a classic case of I'm a product of two very distinct cultures. Sure. If you invest in the relationship and if you lead with the relationship authentically, uh, real, genuine, meaningful, value-based, the results you're after, whether you're looking for a job Mm -hmm. or you're looking for new clients, you're looking for an investor, whatever the outcome is that will come. If you start by investing in the relationship first. And that is something I absolutely learned from growing up in Iran and, you know, being around the middle Eastern culture, if you will.
0: Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because I, I was lucky enough to, uh, like our, our families, both sides of my family, so my father's from Argentina, where it's similar, where in Argentina, even after you get married, like his sister, she was still the Simeon of Simeon family at the end of even her married last name, right? And so, again, maintaining that connection, you know, but the way I grew up, which I've now come to learn is unique in this country is, I mean, all of my cousins on both sides of my family, my mother's from from Kansas. But we were all brothers and sisters. Like we all knew each other. We all developed close relationships. We saw each other regularly, and and to your point, that doesn't happen very often here. But that's I never realized how important that was, and how I think it's probably shaped me in being more relationship driven. Right? Like I want to get to know people. I want to understand them, not just do a transaction.
1: And you're exactly right. And most business professionals often point to you know, my colleague from South America, my colleague mm-hmm. from Asia, my colleague from the Middle East seem to be warmer, seem to be friendlier, seem to be more, you know, it's not about a meal where you and, and, and I come from. It's about a chance to engage right. and influence. And that is so much more valuable than any one transaction.
0: Well, and, and I, I know you've talked about, so it's a, kind of a step from that then and how this really does pertain to, to business sure. is... When, when we think about how we're solving problems within an organization, how do you view, like, what's, what are we not doing here in the States? What's, what's the one question we're not yeah. asking?
1: And it's, and it's not that we're not doing it. What I've found in, in 20 years of this practice is, is you be it's in pockets, right? So you have yeah. some salespeople who are very good at that relationship side because of the nature of their work. Or you've got people in investor relations, or you've got people in PR, nature of their work, or government relations, lobbyists. It really lends itself well to building and nurturing relationships. And the right. misperception becomes, well, if I'm in payroll or if I'm in you know, accounting or if I'm in HR or IT, either that's not me or I don't need to do that. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Last time I checked, none of us are an island. We all need other people to get things done. And the beautiful part about business relationships is there's no one right way. Uh, I've right. met some incredible introverts who have very meaningful and deep relationships but they did it their way. What's critical and I and this is the reason I'm in business is whenever we're faced with a challenge or an opportunity we often think about what should we do and how should we do it. You mm-hmm. be we don't ask enough who questions. Right? My supposition is there are no new challenges. There are no new obstacles. Somebody somewhere has seen what you're struggling with. Your challenges, you just don't know who they are or how to find them or how to get to them. So I coach a lot of teams get very disciplined in understanding and defining what is the challenge? What is the opportunity you're trying to solve? And that's the outcome. And Covey says the same thing. Start with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Then let's work our way backwards. So I've coined this term pivotal contacts. Who do you need? What are the relationships you need that can accelerate your ability to get to the answer? Next, I talk about your existing relationship bank. Who do you know? We know a lot more people than we think we do. The problem is we're not very good at nurturing those, maintaining them, keeping them updated, so on and so forth. Right. And then the whole process starts with how do I connect the dots with Value add. So if I'm after this outcome, who are my pivotal contacts? Who do I need? Who are my existing relationship bank? Who do I know? How do I make relationship currency deposits? How do I make investments in the relationships I already have to get access to or opportunities with relationships I need to accelerate getting things done? And let me just summarize this by saying, You throw enough time, money, effort, resources at any challenge, any opportunity, you'll eventually get there. Mm -hmm. The untapped potential of our business relationships as an individual, as a team, as an organization is that it can accelerate your ability to solve that problem or to reach that goal. And that time, by definition, the time, the effort, the resources have, have a monetary value so if I can help you reach that goal in a month versus three months, that has value. If I can help you reach that goal by spending 100 k instead of a million dollars, you just saved 900 k So that's where we talk about being intentional, mm-hmm. being quantifiable, and being strategic about the relationships you choose to invest in. Well,
0: and what I love, there's a few aspects that hit me about that this particular way of of trying to solve a problem. And one it's, and you you alluded to it earlier, is that there isn't one solution to every problem. So I, I think a lot of people feel the weight of responsibility to come up with that one solution, when in reality, boy, this would be a lot less stress if I could go out and have different points of view to solving the problem. I could find a bunch of different solutions. All of them could potentially work,
1: right? Like that's You're, 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 you're exactly right. So, so I think, and you're tapping into, I think some outdated thinking that still is prevalent, which is that manager, that leader, that CEO
0: mm-hmm.
1: has to be wearing a cape because he or she has all the answers. Exactly. That's just not true. Yeah. And that's not, that's, that's not true for any of us, right? I, if, no. You know, none of us have. A, and, and again, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that we're all products of the advice we take. And my dad drove into us years ago that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. yeah. And, and none of us have all the answers. So if you build and nurture authentic relationships, they become, excuse me, invaluable. And in exactly what you mentioned. So let me cast a net. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to not not on LinkedIn or Facebook, any of those, but I'm going to go to a few Mm -hmm. really meaningful relationships who know me, who I like, who I trust, who I respect and say, I'm struggling with this. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And and you're right. They could give you a plethora of, of potential solutions. So they're great on the ideation side. You bring it back. You look at the context of the challenge or the opportunity, and you pick one or two that could be viable to go test, viable to go experiment. But this is a classic case of relationship centric knowledge management or relationship centric Mm -hmm. problem solving versus trying to figure it out all yourself. By the way, I can make those 10 phone calls in one or two days and get those answers pretty quickly versus trying to suffer in silence on my own for the next month to try to figure out how do I reinvent the wheel? Somebody else has already done that. Exactly. Go tap into those resources and those insights. Well, and and, because of COVID and all of us having to go work from home
0: and that isolation, right? Like the the added uh, mental health you know mental um stress from all of that and now you've got leaders many of whom are probably new leaders right and they they they've never had training to do that they just because they did a good job as a you know as an individual contributor now they're a manager boom go for it and and so you start to combine all of these things and the weight of that responsibility is just freaking incredible right and so what what you're doing and you're focusing in on that that one group, right. That uh, like the leadership that
1: needs that guidance and that, that understanding that they don't have. Right. You're, you're exactly right. And, and what I, what I um try to do with my practice is almost like the anti-consulting because I got to tell you yeah. uh, in other consulting roles, the goal was go there and bust in a group of kids on Monday, bust them out on Friday and Live with these people for the next five years, right? And right. I, when I went out on my own, I was like, I don't want to do that. So I really see my role more of a SEAL Team Six, right? We mm-hmm. we go in very surgically, work with a group of people. My my typical engagements are about six months. I absolutely work with a leader, like a and leader mm-hmm. or a functional leader of a group, and his or her direct, typically direct reports. And I'm and I'm often trying to not just introduce a skill or knowledge but also modify some of their behaviors. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and I both have one-on-one conversation, but also group sessions. We do these learning sprints with them. So it's, it's the skill, it's the knowledge and it's the behavior. And what I'm trying to arm them with is the ammunition to have that cascade down. You're exactly right. And how do we become more intentional both within the organization, right? Our colleagues, how do we, by the way, manage relationships up? How do we manage them across different functions, different groups, and then having those battle-tested practices cascade through the rest of the organization. Because your audience needs to hear this. There's no relationship between logos. There's absolutely no relationship between buildings. It's always between individuals. And people keep saying, well, that company is doing great. Newsflash, there's a team... (laughs) In that organization that's made up of individual people. And I've always believed regardless of what any of us do, we're all fundamentally in the relationship business. Yeah. So if you focus on that one-to-one relationships and really work on a programmatic, a disciplined, a systematic approach to this, then it really can cascade down and across the organization. Well,
0: you know, I think that's what I'm excited about most is, you know, companies right now have a once in a lifetime opportunity to realign their perspectives on relationships. We as individuals have that, right? It, It has to be more intentional. We're talking more in this format, right? Virtually. So how can we be more intentional about building a relationship? For the work that we do, how how can we start creating a relationship with candidates in the interview process? You know, like how do we think about it in that way as opposed to just screening people out? You know, it's about screening them in. It's about creating a trusting relationship from the get go, and that's that's the get go. The interview process. So on, is that your a, idea
1: of the future of work? Is a, unequiv- unequivocally, yes. So yeah, you, yeah. you 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 would you would either chuckle or cringe at this that. <laughs> I've had no less than four conversations today alone with leaders around how much easier, how much less stressful, how much more productive, more efficient, more impactful. Their role would be with better talent, different talent on the team. Yep. And one of the key, one of the things we keep running into is. I've always believed you have to inspect what you expect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if we don't tie, everybody intellectually understands that a relationships are important. Everybody wants their teams to be relationship centric. You hear, we want to collaborate more. We want to cross functional work with other teams and on and on and on. Yet, you and I talked about this. It's not part of anybody's hiring process, right? It, mm-hmm. it seldom shows up in interview questions. Yep. It certainly isn't part of anybody's comp, you know, metrics or compensation. Yep. People are not bonused by the breadth and depth of the relationships they build. I mean, just, and I, and what, what I'm dumbfounded by is how do we expect people we hire, people we onboard, people we ask to lead key parts of the organization to succeed at something, if we don't empower them, if we don't enable them, if we don't measure, and reward, and course correct when it doesn't go well, yeah, their behaviors when it comes to relationships. And yeah. I'm, I'm I'm writing currently the third edition of my my book, Relationship Economics, mm-hmm. and I'm talking a lot about relationship myths and misperceptions, and I'm I still talk about 20 years later, this still isn't taught in our schools. It's Mm -hmm. not part of hardly anybody's new hire training program. It's not part of anybody's management development program. I've seen week-long leadership programs where the relationship is maybe an hour or two in an afternoon. And I keep thinking that's a patch. That's a Mm -hmm. Band-Aid where what the organization really needs is the dye in the fabric and a, and a big part of their DNA needs to become relationship centric, not just an hour or two in a week long leadership program.
0: I love it. I think the fine point on this is that we're in the era of the team, uh, you know, of the, the you know, the, the, these relationships, these working together and, and, you know, bringing in more diverse people to, to really power that solutioning. with with much greater force to give us more options at the end of the day, like we have so many options and why aren't we exploring them all?
1: And you brought up, you brought up a critical point. And, and I'm, and I'm talking a lot right now. I'm I'm writing a lot about this idea of hybrid relationships Mm -hmm. because you brought it up pre pandemic. We would see each other in the office. We would travel. We interacted. We saw candidates in person when they came in last 18 months, we've all gone to these Hollywood squares (laughs) and, and, you cannot, again, I've been a student of this for 20 years. You cannot replace in-person handshakes and looking somebody in the eye and meeting and engaging them and reading the nonverbal communication mm-hmm. through this medium. And, and, and we've all been in meetings. You're like, is the person thinking or is their video frozen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're trying to figure out how to navigate this new environment. And what's yeah. critical is that the relationships you had in person, you've had to figure out how to nurture those digitally right, because right. we're still not traveling like we were doing before. We're still not you know, meeting in, you know, in person like we were doing before. And by the way, there's a whole bunch of relationships that we've met virtually that this happened about a week or so ago. I, w- I went up to Chicago to speak at a conference. I met an executive that I've been working with for nine months, almost a year. Yeah. And the guy is six, six, <laughs> you walk in and you're like, Oh my Lord, he's like a <laughs> giant that you just can't ascertain that through. No. Zoom, right. Yeah. And yeah. And that you can't replace that with these, with these virtual sessions. So no. nurturing your, your physical ones virtually finding opportunities to meet the virtual ones in person. And the last one I'm going to sprinkle in is global. Yeah. Increasingly. It's global relationships increase, you know, five o'clock this morning. I was on a, one of these with, with India. And then, you know, later in the day I was, you know, with London and tonight I've got a call with Australia. So increasingly our relationships are going to become more global and figuring out how to really nurture all of those equally because they're going to be equally valuable. um, I think it's going to be both a challenge and an opportunity. Yeah, totally agree. Well, so where can people find you, Nor? Very kind of you to ask. So easiest place is our website, just Norgroup, N-O-U-R group.com. And I would encourage both you and your audience, if they go to Norgroup.com slash forum, okay. we build a private online community. Um, I don't know if you've seen this or not. One thing I've found is that the traditional social networks, LinkedIn, Facebook, becoming a more promotional, yeah. two, more political. Yeah and, yeah. and three more just polarized. So, yes. I, we're, and I already belong to four or five other of these niche communities or these kind of micro communities. We've built one again, nor group, N-O-U-R group slash forum. I would encourage you to come join us and let's continue the conversation. Perfect.
0: Now, I look forward to it. It's been such a great conversation today. Thank you uh, for the insights. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited. To, to put this information out there for, for our audience to hear because it's um it's just little mind shifts right and we'll get there and we have an opportunity to do it so thank Absolutely. you yeah and thank you everybody for continuing to listen in we'll uh we'll check you next time check out our future website it's and uh, we'll check you later everybody take care